Johnny. Um, he fell off of a roof yesterday at a church in Hamburg, Mississippi, I think. Wherever he's working, he's been attending a little church up there on Sundays, and he was up there at a church work day, and he was on a roof and fell off that roof, and they had to air med him to Jackson, Mississippi. And so he is real critical, so we need to be praying for him and for the Loper family and decisions that's going to be made because um, the next hours is critical and the doctors really are not telling them anything besides the next hours are critical so we need to be remembering those families and um you know this morning i'm excited because last night me and frank had a chance to go to springfield louisiana before i tell the story does everybody have a blank sheet of paper if you don't have a blank sheet of paper that they hand you coming in the door raise your hand and brother frank will get that paper to y'all right now it's in the window Look in the window of the uh, sound room. So while he's doing that, me and Frank had a chance to go to Woodland Baptist Church in Springfield, Louisiana, another church in the middle of nowhere. But uh, we had a really good time. We had about 100, 120 people at this um, event that they did last night. And at the end of it, we had um, six that accepted Christ. And so um, just proves again that, that a country boy with a bunch of duck dogs can can spread God's word. So that means there's no excuse for nobody sitting in here. Because if Gloria and Zach can do it, then y'all can do it. And so, um, so it is exciting. And so um, this morning, even just the song that we just sang, you know, uh, because he lives. You know, that's why we can face today. That's why the lopers can face what they're going through right now. Is because they know he lives. And they know that he's in control. If you have your Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians. We're going to be in three different places this morning. We'll start in 1 Corinthians 12, then we'll go to 1 Peter 4, and Matthew 25. And so, um, you know, the last several weeks we've been talking about, I love my church, and we're not talking about the walls, remember, we're talking about the people. And we, the first week we established that we're going to be known because of our love for each other. Last week we talked about tearing the fences down between us and other people so that people can see God in us and, and we can live close to God. This week we're going to talk about serving and about how you as the church can serve and how God specifically calls all of us out to service. And you know, um, I couldn't help but think um, last night as, um, as I was going over in my mind just final prep for this morning, um, one of my daughters, um, Peyton, my youngest one, when she was a baby, she was um, right after she was born, she got something called RSV. It's a respiratory virus that was pretty serious and she was on breathing treatments, and at one point, we didn't have her in daycare for the first seven months of her life, and then she was with an individual, but then she was constantly on these breathing treatments. She'd get pneumonia like that, and even as a little girl, before she could talk, she'd start pushing her ribs, and if she did that, then we knew that she had pneumonia, and we'd take her to the doctor. Well, one of the times that she was on her breathing treatments, my mom can tell you, mom, give her the breathing treatment. And she looked at my mama, and she was just shaking. She said, I've just got to run. I've just got to run because that medicine would amp her up, you know. And so mama said, just run, you know. Well, to me, the last two weeks, we've been talking about I love my church, and that's where I'm at. I want to run right now, and hopefully that's where you're at. You're excited, and you want to run, and you want to tell people about God and tell people about your church and tell people about why we do what we do. And so... Um, we're going to read uh, 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to start 1 Corinthians 12. We'll start in verse, um, verse 10. 
No, I mean verse 4. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4. It said, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them, and in every one, is the same God at work. Now, to each one manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. You know, what that's talking about, we're going to break these down a little bit more, but even right here, you know, when Apostle Paul wrote this, he's telling us everybody is gifted different. Everybody's not the same. I, I got gifted, I guess some would say, some of y'all might not agree, that I can speak. I like to talk to people. I'm a people person, and so I can communicate. Donnie got gifted with music. I'm not gifted with music. If I picked a guitar up up here and started singing, y'all would run out the building. It's terrible. That's, it's not in my contract to sing. And each one of us have our different gifts, and all of us. And what we have to understand is God give us those gifts. God give us that. And it's the same God to give me the gift to speak, to give Donnie the gift to, to sing, to give Mr. James Smith the gift of working with his hands, and my dad the gift of working with his hands, and different people in here the gift of bacon, and the ones, you see what I'm saying? So we're going to weave all this together. And as we start looking at these things, and we start talking about how can we serve, first we have to recognize that God's God, and that God has given us all gifts, and we have to figure these gifts out. Turn in your Bible over to um, 1 Peter. Go to 1 Peter. It's going towards the end of the Bible. 1 Peter chapter 4. And we're going to read right there too. And as you're turning there, you know, think about this. God in his infinite wisdom knew what gift that we needed. And when I say we, I'm talking about the church. He knew what Live Oak needed. And each person that's placed here, God placed here with their gift to help us advance his kingdom and to help us move forward outside these walls. Does that make sense? And so in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, Each of you, now hear these words and underline this, each of you should use whatever gift you've received. It didn't say that Johnny should do what Johnny's called to do, and that's it. It didn't say that Donnie should do whatever Donnie's called to do, and that's it. It didn't say that John Buxton should do whatever he's called to do, and that's it. It says, each of you, if you're sitting in here breathing this morning, that's talking about you. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you right now. Father, and I just thank you for this beautiful day. Father, and even right now, Father, show us our gifts. Father, show us what you've called us to do. Father, you tell us each of us should use our gifts. It's not an option. So, Father, show us what they are. Father, show us how we can serve you as we love you more. In son's name I pray. Amen. You know, and as you start looking at this, you know, and you start thinking, you know, a lot of us say, well, I don't know what my gift is. How do I find my gift? I can tell you 15 years ago, I would never would have dreamed I'd have been standing here this morning. I would have told you I didn't have this gift, period. 
But my God knew that I did. And he started preparing me and started putting people in my life to show me what he had coming. And so you're sitting here this morning and say, well, I don't know what my gift is. And I don't know. This is what I'm going to challenge you. Just experiment. Try different things. And what I'm about to do, I'm going to lead, read to you. And I probably missed some. I emailed this out to some people. Some of the staff just ignored me and didn't respond. Some of the people in the church did respond to me. So I've kind of put a list together. These are the areas that I know that you can serve at Live Oak Baptist Church. We have an audiovisual team. Every week we have a crew of people in that back room scrambling to make sure I sound good, to make sure Donnie sounds good, to make sure the words are up here. And so we have a team that does that. We need more people, don't we, Donnie? Can't have enough people. You know, we have a building and ground committee. You can come up here and help. Mr. James can keep you busy up here, can't you, Mr. James? There's stuff to do up here every day from cutting grass to fixing door sweeps so me and Donnie don't have to kill snakes in the buildings on Friday nights while we're standing there talking. True story. How quick am I? One hit, right? Impressive. It was impressive. <laughs> kill that snake. Immediately sent a text out, we've got to fix this. I skipped some, some heartbeats right there. But we have a building grounds that's just constantly working up here during the week. There's very few days you pull up and don't see a truck up here doing something or a car up here doing something. We have a men's ministry. We have a women's ministry. We have a special events committee that every time that we walk through those doors over there and eat, they are busy setting tables, carrying garbage out, making tea, making water, whatever they need to do. And so we have a stewardship committee that helps manage the finances of our church. We have a student ministry team. We have a card ministry team. We have an outreach for Sunday school that we're about to get started to help us reach people for our Sunday school and grow groups. We have Sunday night Bible study leaders. We have grow group leaders. We have Awana. We have children's church. We have vacation Bible school. We have nursery um, workers. We need nursery workers. Don't we, Miss Brandy? Raise your hand. That's Miss Brandy. See her if you want to work in nursery. We have our nursery committee that... That, um, that manages all that. We have a missions ministry team. We have a nominating committee. We have a website social media team. We have a personnel committee. We have a disaster relief team that literally, whenever storms rip through or things start freezing and falling, they mobilize and go anywhere from here to Canada, I think. And from ocean to ocean, we seem like, huh, John? We'll, we'll go. We have um, a children's ministry team. We have a transportation committee. We have women of worth ministry that's a ministry to our widows and widowers. We have a first impressions team. We have Sunday school teachers. We need substitute teachers in these classes. We have a cupcake ministry. We have a prayer chain. We have grass cutting. We have block parties. We have school devotions that happen at, um, at our local schools here. This year we're going to have a neighborhood Halloween outreach. We have meals for families following funeral service with food prep, setup, cleanup that we We'll let families use our fellowship hall whenever they're in a time of need for funerals and stuff. We've um, started feeding our local schools, and we're going to conquer, not conquer, but we're going to try to get all to all of our schools around here this school year and bring them meals. We have prayer walking around schools and neighborhoods. We have at 8 o'clock, about 8.30 every Sunday morning, and at 10.30 every Sunday morning, we have people that meet next door in a building that pray for our finances specifically so that we can meet budget needs every week, so that we can operate the way we feel God's called us to meet. We have um, things that happen outside the church with some of our ministries, with some of our people. We have a laundromat ministry. You say, what is that? They literally bring dishwashing detergents and put out in one of the laundromats for people just to use for free. 
They put Bibles there for people to pick up for free. You know, we have the dog ministry I just mentioned. I'm always looking for somebody just to ride with me and help. We have um, two different coaches' Bible studies that happen at Live Oak High and Denham High. We have um, teachers' Bible study that's starting at um, Live Oak Elementary. We have um, work that we do with the football teams. You know, and you think, well, that's an awful lot, but there's, there's still other areas. And so what I'm telling you, you think you have a gift, jump in. Say, you know something, Mr. James, let me come help with building grounds. Let me experience that. You know, I'm telling you, you have a time of your life following these guys around here as they work. You know, I want to help bake cupcakes. See my mom. That is a fun, them ladies have fun in that kitchen every Tuesday baking cupcakes. You know, and you start looking, well, what's the ripple of some of this? And I know through the years, I've had people say, Brother Johnny, why do you go to the Live Oak High football team every Friday and do devotions before them games? And this is why this week, I think it was Wednesday, I got to tag team with Miss Darnell for a funeral because of the devotions I did with the football team three years ago. This family had somebody pass away, and the only connection they had to a church was through that devotion three years ago. And so I called Coach Beard, and I said, thanks for your obedience. I was able to help minister. And Miss Darnell was cooking food and bringing over there. She was feeding bellies, and I was feeding souls. We tag-teamed it. But that's what church is about. And that's why I tell you we ought to be excited, and we ought to want to serve, and we ought to want to jump in, and we want to do it. You know, you have a church here right now. You have this wants to empower you. You know, and you might be sitting there thinking, well, you know, what, what if God's calling me to this ministry? Come sit down with your staff, and let's pray about it, and let's do it. You know, we want to empower you to reach our world. You know, because five years ago, because God blessed and God opened doors from us losing a roof eight years ago, there's six people that now know the Lord from a dog ministry. So God uses, but we have to be willing to serve. We have to be willing to jump in and do it. You know, and so when you start looking at this, you have a church, and it ought to be our DNA. You know, because God made us this way, it ought to be the DNA of Live Oak Baptist Church to just want to serve. Because I think too many times we think we walk into church and we say, what can church do for me? And let me be honest, there's times in our life we need our church to feed us like that. But then there's times that we need to be doing. You know, my gift is not my gift. My gift is your gift. Your gift is not your gift. Your gift is for the church. Does that make sense? And so we want to be a church that's here, a church that empowers. But there's a community that needs to see us serve. There's a community that needs to know, all right, there's a God. Because there was somebody that showed up on a Friday afternoon and did a football devotion. And then three years later gets to stand and help minister to a family in a, in a, a moment of need, in a moment of tragedy. And you're thinking, you know something, I'm not that person. You are the person God's called you to be. And he has a gift just for you. But you have to be willing to recognize it. And you have to be willing to use it. Turning your Bibles over to, um, to the book of Matthew. Turn in Matthew 25. Matthew 25, verse 14. And I'm going to read all these verses starting at verse 14 down to 30 because they're too good and I can't leave anything out. And I want you to understand the, the reason why we should do this. In Matthew 25, 14, verse 14, this is Jesus speaking. 
He said, again, it would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, to one one bag, according to um, each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey. And when the man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more, also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. And the man who had re received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. The master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And the man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. And the master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. And the man who had received one bag of gold came and said, Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man harvesting from where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your gold in the ground. See, it is what belongs to you. Then the master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I was... I would harvest where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so it would have returned. When I returned, I would have received back with interest. So, the, so take the bag of gold from him. Give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever will be given more, they will have an abundance. And whoever does not have, even when they have, will be taken from them. And throw the worthless servant outside into the darkness where he will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, and you read that, and you're thinking, boy, that's harsh. But you know what? The master saw something in each one of them, and he'd give each one of them something, and he'd give them gifts, and he'd give them stuff to do. And what happened? Two of them run with it, and two of them believed in the master and believed in what he had done, and they took and they doubled what they had given, what he had given them. But then you had the one, you know, that was scared. And he buried it. How many times, let's just get honest, do we know that God's given us a gift and he knows that, that, that he's blessed us with something and yet we don't use it? That's what he's talking about right here. If you have a lawnmower, cut grass with it. If you have a checking account that's overabundant, write the church a check. If you have the ability to teach, teach. We have needs for teachers. Ask Brother Frank back there. Our goal is to constantly be adding teachers here. Constantly be adding grow groups here. You say, you know, I don't know if I can teach. Try it. Let us put you in a class. Let us let you team teach with somebody. If you have the gift to listen and you have the gift just to repeat back, we have a wanna needs every Sunday night where you can sit knee to knee with a little kid and share God's love with them. What easier thing can you do besides tell them God loves you? Listen to this verse and read it to them and let them repeat back to you. If you can stir a pot, and we have lots of pot stirrers up here, and that's as far as I'm going to go with it. But if you can stir a pot, we can use help. Everybody has a place to serve. Everybody has something to do, but you have to be willing to step out and say, God, what's my gift? God, how can I use my gift?
And there's some of you this morning sitting there looking at me thinking, you're calling me out and I don't appreciate it. That's okay. Because I don't answer to you, I answer to him. And so think about what God's calling you to do today. You know, think about what you just heard with that. Because what did that, what did that master say? Well done, good and faithful servant. I'm being honest. It's nice to get a paycheck, but I don't work for a paycheck. I don't work for Live Oak Baptist Church. I work for my father. And my goal is to stand before him one day and him say, well done, Johnny. You did what I called you to do. You went places that you didn't think you could go, but you went anyway. Well done. I don't want to hear those words, you worthless. I don't want to hear that. And so I chased after him. You know, another way that you can serve, blank sheets of paper. Y'all got them? Let me see your blank sheet of paper. I'm giving you homework. You officially have homework. Some of you hadn't done homework in a lot of years. You got homework today. Take this blank sheet of paper, and this is what I want you to do. My story, and y'all, some of y'all's heard my story lots. I was raised in church nine months before I was born. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights was in church. Walked the aisle at a young age, got dunked at a young age. Wasn't until I was in my teenage years I was handed a blank sheet of paper just like this. And I was told to write my story on this blank sheet of paper. And it was at that point in my life that I realized that I was not a believer. I was living on my parents' faith. I was living off of head knowledge that I knew, because I knew the Sunday school answers. I'd been in Bible drill. I'd been in RAs. I'd been in never missed Sunday school hardly. I won a Bible for perfect attendance one Sunday school year. I knew the answers, but I'd never prayed and asked him to become the Lord of my life. And so at that point on that blank sheet of paper, I realized my life was blank just like that. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to write your life before accepting Christ. I want you to write briefly just your salvation experience, how you come to know the Lord, and then afterwards what God's doing. The last part of my paragraph changes almost daily in what God's doing in my life. But why I want you to write it, I want you to write it so you get familiar with it. I can be at Johnny's Grocery getting a Diet Coke and I'll be halfway through my testimony before I even realize it sometimes because I've got so used to talking about what God's done for me. And that's the way it ought to be. How can you serve? Tell people about the God that you love. Tell people about the God that saved you. And there's some of you sitting in here this morning that's looking at this paper right now and you're thinking, my paper's blank. I've never really asked him to become the Lord of my life. There's some of us that's sitting here looking, and look, there's water in that baptistry. In 1030, we're baptizing a lady. There's some of you thinking this morning, you know something? I've never been obedient in baptism. I've never told the world that I'm changed. I got baptized, possibly. Then I accepted Christ, but that's the wrong order. He tells us to be obedient and tell the world about it. And this morning, you might be sitting here looking at that paper saying, you know something? I need to talk to Johnny, Donnie, Frank, or Mike, and I need to be obedient in baptism. This piece of paper is important. Write it. Write it. Get used to saying it to the point to where it just flows off your lips. That's the easiest way that you can start serving God right now. Telling people about it.